0: Dr. Alan Sperber is a New York-based doctor and brother to Ann M. Sperber. He represents the Sperber family on the Sperber Prize jury and is the only remaining original member. He's an avid reader of biographies and was frequently consulted by Ann in the course of her writing when medical issues needed to be clarified. This is the Sperber Prize podcast, where I'll talk to winners and nominees of the annual award given by Fordham University in honor of author Ann M. Sperber and her remarkable biography of Edward R. Murrow. The award seeks to promote outstanding biographies and memoirs detailing the curious backgrounds to some of history's biggest stories in print and electronic journalism. I'm your host, Kevin Neen. Joining me today for our final episode of the season of the Sperber Prize podcast is Dr. Alan Sperber, a member of the Sperber Prize judges panel and brother of Ann M. Sperber, who the prize is actually named after. Alan, how are you doing? Fine, thanks for having me, Kevin. I'm really honored to be part of the project. Yeah, it's great to have you on and uh, you know, get some background behind Anne's story behind the book. You know, We'll start with um, what this award means to you and to your family. I know that the award was originally donated by your mother, I believe. And then uh, it's sort of continued to grow since then. Can you just take us through maybe a bit of the background of it.
1: Sure. project really started when uh, uh, Dr. Joseph Dembo, who was the head of media sur- studies at Fordham, uh, used Anne's biography of Edward R. Murrow as a textbook. Uh, and uh, from there uh, came uh, the idea of my mother to uh, establish a biography prize in Anne's honor. Anne had died suddenly in 1993. And the book award was established in 1999 uh, for a book in the media uh, biography or or, or autobiography, but media related. Uh, We've been very successful. It started with a book in 1999 called uh, All on Fire by uh, Mr. Meyer. And uh, we've had continuously till now, except for two years, where uh, one notebook was considered uh, to be acceptable for the prize. Do you know what drew your sister to this story about Murrow? Yes. Uh, uh, our father was listening to his uh, newscasts nightly, and Anne was drawn to it as a child. And uh, she became an, so interested in the man himself. He was is so honorable and uh, was just a remarkable person. Uh, There was the uh, uh, McCarthy uh, broadcast where he sacrificed his career and those around him to bring down a a terrible uh, demagogue. Uh, And these things really brought her to the idea of uh, writing the book. Uh, She looked into his background. He came from a rural state of Washington. How that kind of background could produce this, Giant of uh, of broadcasting and media, uh, so that's really what got her going.
0: And a lot of well, I know a lot of the criteria of the prize revolves around research and writing. Do you know how long Anne was kind of working on this project? The book is it's a pretty
1: thick book. <laughs> it is, it is. That's that's a that's a that's a great story in itself. Um, she actually started working on it in 1973 and finished it in 1986. It was 13 years that she did nothing but work on this book. Uh, she um, did her own research and uh, did all her interviews. She did uh, over 150 interviews. Uh, she couldn't find a publisher and finally went to one was just making his first book. So he didn't know much about publishing. So she was her own editor, her own typesetter, her own cover designer. And every everything else. Uh, she also, because she didn't have an editor, uh, nothing got left out. Everything she wrote wound up in the book, and that's why it's uh, of its cut of its size. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's that's the story. I think her ability or allowing her to edit
0: it herself. Um, I don't know. It makes it a more unique book because it's truly hers in sort of every sense. I understand that you had some
1: consultation with her um, over the book can you talk about what your role was a little bit uh, yeah she would she would uh, read things off to me and ask how it how it sounded and the like she also uh, asked uh, knew that uh, as a physician and Morrow having medical problems she discussed his medical problems with me
0: so you helped with the
1: sort of some of the technicalities in there yes I read
0: somewhere that um, you yourself are a big fan of biographies what about like the medium of biographies is interesting to you
1: it's always fascinating to see where the people came from where the where their ideas developed and how they grew as people uh and the influence that they had on others that's sort of the same thing that drew me to this
0: project in the first place was being able to see i don't know the backgrounds behind some of these most influential journalists. And it seemed like everybody I interviewed was influenced themselves so much by Murrow. So I think it was great that they all were connected to this prize in a way. So when your mother came up with the idea to donate the prize, did you say she was friends with someone at Fordham? That was why it came to Fordham?
1: It probably was through Joe Dembo. I mean, she didn't know him uh, personally. Of course, through the years she did, it turned out that his wife came from the same town in Germany as my mother did. So that was kind of a nice connection. That was that was really uh, how, how that all started. Uh, it was an interesting uh, jury that started it. Uh, people who had connections with Anne and also people who were just from Fordham. It was kind of a 50-50. Uh, you had Joe Worshba who was the senior uh, producer at uh, 60 Minutes, but before that had worked early on with uh, Marrow, and he actually was in the uh, control room uh, and fearful like everyone else the night of the McCarthy broadcast. He was actually there. Uh, and then there were uh, Neil Hickey, who had wrote the first uh, review, a rave review in the uh, Columbia Journalism Review uh, saying, What a man, what a life, what a book. (laughs) And uh, that kind of went went right on the back cover. And uh, Neil uh, was the New York editor of uh, TV Guide, but also a professor of journalism at Columbia and uh, became a lifelong friend of Anne's and was on the panel. Uh, So, uh, and uh, Patricia Bosworth, a noted uh, biographer, also a very dear friend. Uh, Anyone that Anne, interview, became a lifelong friend. It was an amazing thing. It was her personality, her interest in the people she was talking to. And uh, really, she, uh, she had quite a large list of friends from, <clears throat> just from her work alone. It
0: seemed like that was a trait in a lot of the stories we were talking about in this podcast, was that these people were just really good at connecting with other human beings. Was that, would you say, like, what are the defining characteristics about Anne that you remember?
1: Oh, she was, she was personable. She was uh, talented. Uh, she could go into a party, and if there was a piano there, she would take over. She'd take requests and play play for everyone. And it was just everyone knew that she was a warm, warm person, and uh, people just enjoyed being around her.
0: Makes it uh, easier to interview people.
1: That's for sure.
0: And then you mentioned a bit about the original judges
1: panel. Yeah, yeah, uh, Joe Zemboe. Uh, Joe Wersburg, Neil Hickey, Patty Bosworth. That was from Anne's side. And then from Fordham, you had faculty. Uh, <clears throat> the, the faculty member who really stood out the most was Father Raymond Stroth, who was kind of a, he's kind of a, a, a legend at Fordham, but he became a close, close personal friend and was an important member of the, of the, of the committee. And he also was a biographer. Uh, ironically, and in doing her research, was able to uh, hook up with all the associates of Morrow except for Eric Severi, who, who somehow didn't want to get involved. The irony is that Father Ray wrote a biography of Eric Severi, so it kind of filled in the box. And <laughs>
0: kind of covered every uh, every area there. How has the judges panel evolved? Obviously, you're on it today.
1: Yeah. How it has evolved is that, of course, um, uh, people have Passed on, uh, and it has pretty much stayed uh, 50-50. But of course, uh, of people who knew Anne, I'm unfortunately I'm the last one on the on on the jury. But we've had wonderful, wonderful people come in, and I can't thank them enough uh, for their hard work. Just just fabulous, fabulous workers. As a judge yourself, what are you really looking for in a book? Uh, I'm looking. Basically for, um, obviously, a connection to media uh, and a person who's made a significant contribution uh, through their life work. Uh, And uh, that's the the major.
0: Just feeling like the contribution is significant. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense, I think, considering the significance of the original book and how you want it to maintain. I mean, the original book was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize? Oh, it's a
1: long story and it's not very pretty. Uh, she, <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell it anyway. She was a finalist and uh, there was a top, There was a tie in the history department between two books. So what they decided was they'd make one history, one biography, and despite the fact that no one from the biography committee had read it, that got the prize and she wound wow. up as a finalist. As, as, a, as, a, as a second, as, as the runner-up, unfortunately, in those days, that they did not. They only mentioned the finalists. There was no word on anyone else. After passed, after Anne passed away, they started listing the finalists. So she, after she had passed, it's there. Can I tell you something about Anne as a researcher? You may find it interesting. Please, yes. Yeah, uh, as I said, she did her own research and. Uh, she would go to the sites of of, of the places that uh, things were happening. Uh, she spent uh, she spent half a year in London doing one chapter of Anne's, of her book. Uh, it was the chapter on the Battle of Britain, where Murrow was broadcasting from the roof of the BBC building in the middle of the attacks. Uh, he may have had a death wish or something, but anyway, he was up there during the attacks. She spent... Uh, half a year in London, and she made friends with everyone from the BBC on, uh, became lifelong friends. Uh, It took her one year to write that one chapter, chapter nine, and you can fly through it. It's an exciting chapter. And if anybody has to pick out one chapter from that book, a huge book to read, it would be chapter nine, (laughs) the Battle of Britain. Uh, Now, she also wrote a biography of uh, Humphrey Bogart, Sadly, she passed away while on the second draft, but she spent a lot of time in uh, Los Angeles, and while she was there, she got word that someone in Las Vegas, Nevada, claimed to be an illegitimate son of Humphrey Bogart. So she hopped the plane, went to Las Las Vegas, and uh, found the man, and before evening, had gotten a retraction from him, and then she went back to Los Angeles. So that was kind of how she did her research. Yeah, so she could very much go and be there, get on the ground. Exactly. She also uh, uh, did research on the death of George Polk. George Polk is a person for whom the Polk Awards of Columbia are are named. He was a reporter for uh, CBS in Greece during the Greek Civil War between the the government and the uh, communist insurgents. And he was killed and uh, the word was that the communists did it. No one ever solved it. As part of being in Europe, she went over to Greece and uh, she was able to determine that it was the government that killed him, not the the communists. She never mentioned this in her book, but she helped a lot of other female biographers. And one of them was Cati Martin, who was writing a biography of George Polk. And uh, she gave the information to Cati and Cati used it in her book.
0: How did she find that information that the government-
1: Oh, I never I never found out, but she, 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 she investigated it thoroughly. So it seems like she was doing
0: a lot of investigations and reporting like journalists. Obviously, she valued being on the ground and finding these firsthand details. Was that the most important thing to her when she was going into this book writing process? For well, her the most important
1: thing was meeting these people and establishing friends. And uh, it's it just remarkable uh, between the Bogart book in, uh, and the Morrow and the, uh, the book, she made so many friends. I mean, it's just remarkable. That really was important to her. Of course, the important thing was to make a book, finish it and make some money from it. <laughs> Is there
0: anything else that we have to talk about in terms of the
1: award process, do you feel? Uh, the award process has evolved through the years. It's not always the same, but basically we try to find as many books that are, that are pertinent that could possibly be um, uh, awarded the prize. And the jurors go through a large number of books and we, dis- we decide on uh, up to five finalists and then we will read the five books and uh, make, pick, a ch- uh, pick someone out of that. Is there generally much agreement? Uh, you get split decisions, of course everyone's different, but at the in the end, everyone agrees on the winner there's no there's no dissent there,
0: yeah, I would imagine, and all of the books that are nominated are so i think well qualified for it so i'd imagine it's difficult to pick one
1: yeah it, yeah it gets it gets difficult towards the end, no question
0: of the ones that I read, I mean I all thought they were really superb books, so just with regards to your family, um, what has this award sort of meant to your family through the years still having it around?
1: Yeah, well, my mother passed away in 2015 at the age of 103. So she was there till the end, and she was very, very proud of everyone and of the award itself. And of course, as the, as the brother, I, I, I'm very, very proud of the award. I think it's wonderful. If you look at our list, and you look at our Pulitzer list, I think we're at least as up there with them, no question.
0: Yeah, I, I really don't think it's too far off.
1: You know, well, uh, Father McShane uh, would always come and give a speech and he said, well, they got their Pulitzer up there at Columbia and we got our Sperber. McShane, that's great. And this was, I mean,
0: this was his last year at Fordham, but yeah, I know he's been a great benefactor to the award over the years. No question, wonderful, real friend. All right is there
1: anything else that you want to add uh not not really no i i hope that it would bring a little bit of a insight into Anne. it's hard to do and it's a, you know it's not easy to to discuss everything you know that you brought to the world but uh, she was she was quite a quite a gal it's difficult to
0: encapsulate somebody's life into a short interview but we were just hoping through this episode to provide some color into the background of the prize and what and stood for and whatnot okay uh dr alan sperber thank you so much for coming on the sperber prize podcast and being such a benefactor to fordham throughout the years um i'm sure the prize the prize is going to continue for years into
1: the future so thanks for coming on thank you so much kevin it's been an honor to be on here with you thank you
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to season one of the Sperber Prize podcast. More information on the Sperber Prize can always be found on our website on sperberprize.com. The Sperber Prize has a rich legacy at Fordham University and will continue for many more years into the future. Thanks for listening.